Hello, church, and welcome to the FUMC Borough Podcast. My name is Ben Shaw. I am the Director of Modern Worship and Media here at the church. And on this special edition of our podcast, Reverend Drew Shelley will be preaching his sermon that he shared on Christmas Eve. We appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. We would also love for you to join us this coming Sunday at 8.30 a.m. for Modern Worship or 10.30 a.m. for Traditional Worship. Both of those services are offered virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube, or in person. Head on over to fumcm.org for more information about our safety protocols if you choose to join us in person. We are so glad that you have chosen to be in ministry here with us at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we pray that we can all live into our mission of growing disciples of Jesus Christ who know Him, love Him, and serve Him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. Will you pray with me and for me? Oh God, we give you thanks for your presence on this Christmas Eve night. We're grateful for your love, for your grace, for your power, especially for your word, for the story that we hear again so many years later. Open our hearts and minds to what you say to us today in fresh and new and powerful life-changing ways. We give you thanks and we trust in your Holy Spirit to do just exactly that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good news for all people. God's peace for all the world. What a Christmas gift, especially this year. We need it, don't we? It's why you're here. It's not just that we like the Christmas music, the decorations, and Silent Night by Candlelight. No, no, catch your breath for just a moment and, and feel that stirring in your heart on this day, on this night. It's both hopeful and anxious, trembling with fear and possibility. What you're feeling, what I'm feeling, is a deep hunger for this new thing that God is doing in Jesus even though we instinctively know it will turn our lives upside down. Jesus is just a poor, unknown baby born in a feed trough who never went more than, I don't know, 100 miles from his home. And 2,020 years later, we still kneel with the shepherds, amazed, confused, and desperate for what this child brings to us. What a Christmas gift. What a year this has been. I never uttered the word pandemic until 2020. Now I have to say it at least 10 times a day. Never thought I'd do church online for three solid months, but we did. We learned how to do a lot of things. Our two most senior adult classes meet on Zoom nearly every week. They even know how to change their names in the little box on the screen and how to share their screens so they can show you pictures of family. We've learned a lot about ourselves, our churches, our politics, our world. We as a church learned many good things about our family of faith. The work of ministry in this place never slowed or stopped, led and done by people who just 
put on masks, wash hands, and keep going for the sake of the folks God has called us to help. I think especially about all the nights with our friends at Stepping Stones, our team figured out how to house homeless women and children overnight in our facility in the middle of a pandemic. Why? Because it was the right thing to do and they needed a place to sleep. So many other things just kept on rolling like that. I could talk for hours. We also learned some not so good things about our church. In parts of our family, the relational fabric wasn't as strong as we thought. It hurts to say that, but it's true. We need to confess that while we're all together. Some folks have felt hurt and neglected, and that breaks my heart. We also learned that many of the things that we've counted and measured and studied over the years weren't measuring the right stuff at all. Number of people in worship, not nearly as important as number of people engaged in intentional discipleship like serving and growing as Christians. Number of people on the membership role, not nearly as important as number of people actively following Jesus with one another. Dollars in the plate, not nearly as important as lives touched with those dollars. I've been looking at the microwave to see how cold the refrigerator is for a long time, but I'm learning. It has taken a pandemic to get us focused, to get me focused. You may have been having similar experiences at work or even personally. I've taken so much in my life for granted. How many of those dreaded because we have to go events do we miss now? Graduation, Saturday afternoon recitals, band concerts, ball games, what I wouldn't give for a three-hour dance recital to sit through where you're right up next to the people around you and they have to talk to you and you have to talk to them and you even share your snacks without everything tasting like hand sanitizer. <laughs> I'll buy a ticket for that today and I'll never take it for granted again. It seems like the pandemic has also stretched the relational fabric of our whole society. It had to happen in one of the most contentious presidential election years in history when our country is already as divided as we were before the Revolutionary War, not just the Civil War. Two of my good friends got in a heated Trump-Biden debate on my Facebook beneath a picture of Annabelle. I had to call them at 10 o'clock in the night, had them on a conference call. What is wrong with y'all? Get this mess off of my Facebook before I hang up the phone. Whole church full of people watching your nonsense, looking to see how I'm going to mess up. This is as bad as when you send those inappropriate emails to my church email. If I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. If you can't send it to your mama, don't send it to me. <laughs> unfriend, unfriend, hide, delete. <laughs> There's just so much tension and friction and and it seems like people are just waiting for you to let something slip that will betray how you voted or what you think about a particular issue so they can decide if your continued relationship is worth the political cost of having you as a friend. Now, I realize how crazy that sounds, but at some level, this is the world in which we live. Our sin and brokenness are on full display we, the people, would rather blame one another for the mess we're in than to roll up our sleeves and work with people who think differently than we do. We'd rather have our ears tickled with nonsense than to do the hard work of getting at the truth. The truth is like Jesus. Everybody walks away challenged, irritated, and with a new perspective. Sometimes 
we just don't want that. Truth be told, I think a lot of what we're feeling these days is just exhaustion and misdirected anger. We're all tired and mad. We don't know who to be mad at, so we just pick somebody and see if that helps. I think our anger comes from a whole pile of misplaced expectations. In 2020, it's become pretty clear that life is not turning out like we thought it would. The safety and security we thought we felt in our jobs and careers and our neighborhoods, why, it has been a myth. Truth is, it's always been a myth. It was just a lot easier to believe before the world went crazy. This myth believing is just a symptom of our greatest sin. We've put a whole lot of stuff in God's place, not just money and security, but also power, our place in society, our image of how everything ought to be, the thought that we even know how everything ought to be. Even our American dream has crept into God's place. In this season of stress and anger and frustration, we've, we've dug through our pile of idols trying to find something that will point us in the direction of hope and peace and the promise of a future that might be better than our past or even our present. You know the truth. I know the truth. We're not going to find anything but more stress, anger, turmoil, and hate in this pile of idols because idols are built on selfishness on the world continuing to revolve around me and mine. The thing that we're looking for is a world revolving around the God we know in Jesus, and it is the exact opposite of a world which revolves around me and mine. I had a little moment uh, mid-October, a personal moment, so tired, so angry, so disillusioned. I sat in my car out here in the parking lot I didn't want to come into work. I didn't want to go home. I got to punching around on my phone to find some distraction that wasn't Facebook. And I, I have one song on my phone, one song. It's the song from the Glade Plugins commercial that came out a few years ago. You may, you may recognize it. This is my wish, my wish for the world, that peace would find its way. To every boy and girl, this is the time, the time for harmony. Let love be the song that everybody sings. Fill the air with joyful noise. Ring the bells and raise your voice. Let there be peace on earth. Let there be peace on earth. Lift your light and let it shine. Shine, 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 let every voice be heard. Let there be peace on earth. I hear the sweetest sound, the sound of hope to come. Together we could bring goodwill to everyone. Let it start with you, let it start with me. Let every nation rise and sing this melody. Oh my goodness, I just listened to that and cried and cried and cried. Who'd have thought that a Glade commercial would crack open my hard and broken heart? I'm sure it's a punishment for all the times I've laughed at my daddy watching those Hallmark Christmas commercials. In that moment, sitting in my car, 
I have never been more acutely aware of my need for Jesus and our need for each other. But we need to talk about how hard that is and what that means, how much of a struggle it is to have authentic, real relationships in a world that is built around independence and self-sufficiency. Our God-given humanity says we need each other. The world says you shouldn't need anybody. Jesus says, you were created to be in relationship with me and your neighbors. The world says, Jesus is a waste of time. You can tell by how many Christians are just pretending. This battle, you see, wages inside and outside. It is so challenging. That's why the New Testament, I think, is so full of wisdom about what it means to be in relationship with people with whom we don't agree, about what it is to live into this beautiful, complicated humanity which is God's beloved family. We don't look alike. We don't talk alike. We don't vote alike. We don't even think alike. But in Jesus, we belong to God and to each other. And that is the most foundational element of life. That is the good news for all people for which we are all hoping tonight. But here's the thing. We can't just hope for it. That's the Christmas story, isn't it? Jesus was born, took on flesh, and lived among us. Hope became real. No longer just an idea or a song or a feeling, but a living, breathing force with dirty diapers and hungry cries and colic punctuated by those sweet little looks into his mama's eyes and that little laugh that you can't tell if it's a laugh or gas, <laughs> followed still by all those precious moments of growing up and those hard moments with suffering. This stuff is real. It is hope with skin on it, banged up, bruised up, hope with a spine. Life was hard then, life is hard now. Life will be hard later on, I am sure. Still, this Jesus lives and grows and is hope with skin on. We, the people who follow Jesus, we must do better being hope with skin on in this world. And we can. This pandemic has helped us to see some ways to do that as a church family. Three very simple things come to mind. The first, just be praying. Join our 24-7 prayer vigil or at least just commit to a regular time to pray for your church and the mission of God in the world so that we can be in the center of God's will. The second thing, roll up your sleeves if you haven't already and join in the mess around us being part of God's solution. I can't even begin to list all the ways we're engaged in our community. If you're ready, we'll find the right place for you. And then here's the big one that's going to take some more work and thought. Mark your calendars for January to Easter. We're going to be in Luke's gospel all that time studying and learning about intentional Christian discipleship, what it means to follow Jesus on purpose. We're also going to be putting together life groups whose purpose is intentional discipleship. I believe there is already a tremendous stirring in your hearts. I feel it in your hearts and mind to both find and to be that real hope that we meet in this manger tonight, to be that hope with skin on in the world. Nothing about it is easy, but it's real. And in Jesus, we are part of it. I hear the sweetest sound, the sound of hope to come. Together we could bring 
goodwill to everyone. Let it start with you. Let it start with me. Let every nation rise and sing this melody. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, may the people of God say, Amen.